الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم We continue the discussion on the عمدة الأحكام and this is the hadith number 57 which is hadith number 3 under the chapter of congregational prayers عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال أثقل الصلاة على المنافقين صلاة العشاء وصلاة الفجر ولو يعلمون ما فيهما لأتوهما ولو حبوا ولقد هممت أن آمر بالصلاة فتقام ثم آمر رجلا فيصلي بالناس ثم انطلق معي برجال معهم حزم من حطب إلى قوم لا يشهدون الصلاة in this hadith, Abu Hurairah reported that Allah's Messenger was saying the most burdensome prayers for the hypocrites are the night prayer and the morning prayer. If they were to know the blessings they have in store, they would have come to them even though crawling. And I thought that I should order the prayer to be commenced and command a person to lead people in prayer. And I should then go along with some persons having a bundle of firewood with them to the people who have not attended the prayer in congregation and would burn their houses with fire. Now, this is the hadith. The narrator is Abu Hurairah. Anhu, and we gave his biography earlier in hadith number 2 the subject matter of this hadith is the ruling concerning salatul jama'ah ruling concerning the congregational prayer in this hadith the prophet sallallahu we explained some words he said salah, the most burdensome prayer upon the hypocrites the hypocrites who pretend Islam in the open while they are in reality kafirs. And if they would have known what's in the salah from the reward, then they would have come to them even though crawling on their hands and knees. And here he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, meaning I uh, intended or I was determined to do something. This is the meaning of Hamma Yahimmu, that I should order the prayer to be commenced, meaning the obligatory prayer meaning the iqama to be called for it. ثُمَّ أَنْطَلِقُوا then go along with some people having a bundle of firewood to the people who have not attended the prayer in congregation 
and would burn their houses on fire. This uh, last word possibly could mean either one of the two situations. Burning their houses with them being in their homes. And the second is to destroy their houses with fire, burn it with fire, and this does not necessitate burning them along with it. The overall explanation of this hadith. All the prayers are a burden upon the hypocrites because they don't believe in Allah Ta'ala and they don't believe in the benefits of the Salah. So if they pray, then they don't do so seeking the reward of Allah nor fearing His punishment. Rather they pray to show off the people and to cover their hypocrisy. And this hadith reported by Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu from the Prophet he told us that the heaviest or the burdensome most heavy prayers upon them are two Salatul Aisha and the Salatul Fajr, the night prayer, and the prayer of the Fajr. Why? Because these are times of rest and sleep. And showing off here is missed. Because people most likely don't see them in darkness. So, due to the impediment and lack of motivation, they became the heaviest and burden, most burdensome of all the prayers upon the hypocrites. However, the Prophet ﷺ in this hadith, he makes it clear the reward of these two prayers so that people do not become negligent concerning the attainment of this reward and that they would come to accomplish them even crawling. Then he asserted وسلم, that he thought or decided was determined or intended to do something for those who don't come seeking the reward of Allah nor fear His punishment but to make them come because of a fear of a punishment in this life. So he 
thought or decided or was determined to call someone to make the iqama and then to lead the prayer the prayer be led at the mosque and that he would go along with some men with bundles of wood to those who had not left their houses for the salah and destroy their homes with fire. The benefits of this hadith. First, the prayers are a burden upon the hypocrites and that the most burdensome of the prayers upon them are the night prayer and the Fajr prayer. Second that the burdensome indicates that the person has hypocrisy in his heart. So if he feels burdened by these prayers, then this is an indication of hypocrisy in his heart and that he should work to rid his heart of it. Third, the great reward in Salat al-Isha and al-Fajr with the congregation and that people should do them in congregation even if they would come crawling. This indicates the great reward of these two prayers. Fourthly, the obligation of attending the congregational prayer for men. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ decided to burn the houses of those who did not share the congregational prayer and he ﷺ would not do or decide to do a punishment except when there is abandonment of a wajib, of an obligation. Someone said, well, he, that the Prophet ﷺ thought or intended, but he did not do. And therefore, this stands as a proof that this is not a wajib, that the congregational prayer is not a wajib, is not obligatory. This is what is said by some as a proof. However, this is responded to by the following. First, to say that the reason why he did not do the burning is because of what came in Musnad Imam Ahmad had it not been for the woman and the children in these houses. So this is an impediment. Second, if we will say, if we say 
that there is no obligation, then the saying of the Prophet ﷺ, I decided, or I was determined, would have been vain talk. And the Prophet ﷺ is above saying things without meaning. Third, the fact that he thought or was determined or intended itself is evidence for wujub, evidence for obligation. Because no one can say that he intended to burn the houses because of a sunnah. And therefore it cannot be a sunnah. This is the third response. Fourth, that the burning of homes is a waste of wealth. And al-muharramu la yuntahaku illa bitarki wajib. And what's forbidden is not violated except when there is abandonment of an obligation. Is that clear? So from this, we conclude therefore that the Salah in congregation for men is an obligation. From the benefits is permissibility to leave the masjid after the Salah is called, after the Iqama is called if there is a benefit. If, this, if there is a benefit. Where is this taken from the Hadith? Where is this benefit taken from the hadith? How it is deduced from the hadith? Question. He would order the call to Iqama and command a person to lead in prayer and I should then go along with some person. Go along with some person. However, therefore, it is forbidden to leave if there is no excuse. From the excuses, for example, is if the person intends to pray in another masjid. If he for himself was an imam. Or if he intends to leave and return. As if he wanted to go to his home to bring a book or something for the class. Okay, the next benefit. The permissibility to destroy wealth in defamation. Where is this deducted from the hadith? As a defamation. Ta'zir. Where is this deducted from the hadith? Where is deducted from the hadith? To burn their houses. To burn their houses. That's right. Also this is indicated. That's right. Exactly. This is indicated also from another situation where uh, the command to burn the uh, booty taken by someone who takes from the booty, right? Before the distribution of the spoils of war. Of, of, uh, uh, of war. Isn't it? 
isn't it? This is another evidence. Except there is excluded from this that which possess a soul or a mushaf or a copy of the Quran. Defamation, legal defamation can be by way of speech, depends. And it could be, the impact of it could differ from person to person. Here, if you defame someone by taking his money, if he's a miser, then this would be very effective, isn't it? Isn't it? And also, um, you can defame someone by some words, and that could be more uh, an impact than killing this person, isn't it? Or someone cannot stand being jailed. So if he is defamed through that, it could have a greater impact on him, etc. So each person is defamed in that which fits him. Is that clear? So that it has its own impact. Alright, the next benefit. Wording harm takes precedence over bringing benefits. Where is this taken? Where can we the children in that house? That's that's right. This is this is taken into account that the narration by Imam Ahmad is authentic, but there is weakness in it. There's weakness in it. But this foundation is strongly established and we we learned it from the foundations, right? With many evidences, right? We learned it from the foundations of fiqh, you remember? In the first foundations of fiqh, we went over this. Next benefit. Is this clear, please? Is this clear? Okay. Fine. Next benefit. Considering the overall benefits takes precedence over consideration of particular benefits. Where is this deducted from the hadith? If they were to know the blessings they have in store, they would have come to them even though crawling. No. No. Would have left someone leading the prayer and would go to burn the houses. Uh, this could be close, close as I said. However, he didn't burn their houses because of a greater benefit. Because of a greater benefit. That's right. And this is a great foundation. This is a great foundation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends the rain. 
sends the winds, heavy rains and storms and winds. It could be harmful to some people, but it could be what? More beneficial, of a greater benefit, overall. Winds, rain, etc. Another evidence from the Sunnah is that the Prophet ﷺ abandoned the destruction or abandoned uh, the building of the Kaaba upon the foundation of Ibrahim why? why did he abandon that? because of the fitna because he would have caused too much trouble because his people were what? The people then, Quraysh knew in the deen, exactly. Because Quraysh were new in the deen, new to Islam. Recently left Kufr. We said earlier that one possibility from the narrations is to burn them along with their houses. But the burning in, or punishment in fire is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the Lord of the fire so we said that this is a possibility but it is not we said that the burning does not necessitate that because it is possible that the burning refers to the destruction of the houses but this is how or let us say, there are reports to indicate that some of the companions burned some uh, who committed uh, the action of the people of Lut, homosexuals, burned them in fire. So how this is explained? It is either that the prohibition not to burn in, hell, in, in fire did not reach them, or that they thought that this is an exception because of the magnitude of this crime, and as a deterrence, under abnormal situation like this question the prophet sallallahu said the most burdensome of the salawat upon the hypocrites are the isha and maghrib isha and fajr does this necessitate that he knows the unseen. See, these are hypocrites. And the hypocrites conceal, isn't it? Do you understand the question? Okay. The Prophet ﷺ said that the most burdensome salawat are what? The Isha and Fajr. 
upon the hypocrites, right? Upon the hypocrites, or for the hypocrites. Does this necessitate that he knows the unseen? Remember, these are what? These are what? Hmm. These people are what? Don't, don't, don't answer now. These people are what? <laughs> these are hypocrites. So, hiding, you understand, conceal, hypocrites. Does this necessitate that he knows the unseen? The answer is, no. Because this is either due to some indications in their situations, and this is possible, right or wrong? Right or wrong? Yes, possible. And the second, this is due to inspiration to him from Allah. And this is the strongest. Is that clear? Another benefit is that the congregational prayer is a must in the masjid. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ thought or decided, despite that it is possible that they may be doing the jama'ah at homes. Right? So remember, this is good benefit here. The second benefit, the permissibility to designate an imam to lead the people in prayer. Where is this taken? From where this is taken? Command a person to lead the prayer. I would choose someone to lead the salah. That's right. Exactly. Finally, it must be remembered, or it should be remembered, that hypocrisy is of two types. Hypocrisy is of two types. Major or greater hypocrisy, and this is the hypocrisy of conviction, اعتقاد, and this the person is not a Muslim under this state. The second is the practical, the practical hypocrisy. someone speaks, he lies. If he's trusted, he betrays. If he gives a promise, he does not fulfill it. This is from the practical hypocrisy. However, if these three are present in a person and becomes his characteristic, then some scholars are with the opinion that this can lead him to exit the fold of Islam. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, the three, these three, if they exist in one person, then he is a pure hypocrite. This brings the end of the points of benefit from this hadith. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it a benefit for myself and for all of you. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.